You're listening to a CanadianMovieCrew.com production. My name is Dr. Ellie Staple, and I'm a psychiatrist. I specialize in those individuals who believe they are supernatural beings. What if I suggested that you are mistaken? They've been lying to us all. These individuals have lost their perspective. A lot of people are going to get hurt. <laughs> Don't do this. You can convince the world we exist. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Film Studies Season 8. Amazing that we've done eight seasons here. Uh, I'm Derek McFarlane. With me is Mark. I fight for the broken. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, today we're taking a look at the somewhat anticipated glass. Well, I think more so on this show than in other venues because of our Know Your Audience contest. Yeah, dang it. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'll take that as interesting to start with. Because I, I <laughs> traded for that, didn't I? You absolutely insisted on it. I rebuffed you at first. Yeah. But then caved and I, I got Creed 2 in exchange for glass. <sighs> okay, just, well. Let me just pull up Creed 2 on this thing. But um, while I do that, Mark, uh, yeah. glass. This is the sequel to Unbreakable and Split. Uh, this is the trilogy that uh, from M. Night Shyamalan. Um, it's a trilogy. I don't know if he knew he was making. Oh, I'm going to say he didn't know he was making it. Um, I think he made splits, threw that out there as a, as let's see what happens. Let's see what the reaction will be. And then it worked. So he made, uh, he made glass. Yeah, I mean, he made Unbreakable, what, 2003? 2000. Oh, 2000, excuse me, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, and then Split came out in uh, 2017, I think, early 2017. Early 2017, yes. Yeah, exactly. So 17 years later, he does... I, I mean, if you're going to bury a sequel and make it a surprise, that's one way to do it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Although, if you want to ensure you're going to be around for said sequel, that <laughs> might not be the way to do it. <laughs> well, he claims he already had this idea in mind. Maybe there was an idea. I'll give him that. But I don't think he had the trilogy planned. I really don't. I had, Just looking at yeah, this movie, I think, no. This this one, the, no. <laughs> the, the, yeah, this one feels like it was like, oh, it worked? Ah. Okay, I guess I better get to it then. Yes, yeah. and you and you can tell because like seventeen years between one and two, and then and then three, like two years later. Yeah, like I don't even like I don't even believe George Lucas had one, two, and three, and seven, eight, and nine in his back pocket. I don't even believe that. So I'm not going to believe M Night Shyamalan had this in his back pocket. So for seventeen, well, and yeah, I mean Lucas waited that long <laughs> yeah. before getting, but that's after he had a full successful trilogy. One of the most of all time, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, it's like Unbreakable was good, but I mean, it, you know, he had other movies that were more popular than this. Yeah, you know definitely. what I mean? Like Sixth Sense was his big, you know, like he could have retired on Sixth Sense and everyone would have thought him a legend. Yeah, that was that was really odd to me. Ever since uh, Split came out, all of a sudden Unbreakable is like his best movie ever, and I'm like, yeah, I don't remember people saying that when it first came out. I remember people liking Unbreakable. Yeah. 
But I don't remember seeing people saying it was his best. No, no. I mean, I remember back then saying like, oh, it's a secret superhero movie. Well, holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) And that appeals to me. But I mean, watching Sixth Sense and then, you know, finding out that, 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 that secret, you're like, oh my God, like that is the Shyamalan, Shyamalan twist. I don't know what it, whatever they're calling it. A twist, like his, it's Shyamalan twist, right? Like yes. other, other filmmakers who do it, uh, you know, they're, they're copying him for sure. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that far. They've been doing twisted movies for forever. So no, but there's a certain kind of way he goes about it. And th- this one, I, I don't, I have a problem with this one. So we'll get there. Oh, I will okay. say that. Yeah, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Well, just before we get into it, Glass uh, thirty six seventy eight um, critics and audience score. Wow. Okay, audience is definitely embracing it. Yep. Uh, Creed mm-hmm. two eighty three eighty four. Aha! So, hey! Wow. I honestly, with the trailers and everything, I really didn't think it was going to work out. Uh, but I'm glad Creed two has been received. It is great. So. Um, Damn it. Okay. So <laughs> well, we're we're only that's one weekend though. We haven't gotten the that's full. That's true. That's Although, true. granted, the cr- the critic score is not going to help. Not going <laughs> to change much. You know. All right. So, Glass. Mark, overall thoughts. Spoiler free. Wh- Spoiler free. What were your thoughts? L- liked it. Um, wasn't incredibly in love with it. Okay. I thought I was going to be. Yeah. I thought I was going to love this because, you know, I'm the superhero. I'm a superhero fan guy. Uh, and this this is all right up my alley. Like, I friggin' loved the end of split like when they tied it in i was like oh my god you brilliant bastard right and then this kind of bringing everything and and it has to do with the end and i think i'm hurt i'm hearing this with uh uh, quite a few people they're like yeah it's great and then it falls off and um that's yeah uh, not a whole lot of people have seen it yet but in my circles but just the, the general kind of din that i'm hearing over it Okay. How about you? Uh, I thought it was great. I actually really liked it. Yeah. I have no problem with the ending. Oh, okay. I okay. have I have absolutely no problem with the ending. Um, I have no problem with the movie overall. I thought it was great. Um, and of the reviews that I've been watching with some of the critics and some of the videos online, one thing seems to happen over and over again. Well, two things that I think uh, they're they're misunderstanding. One. I think a lot of people who were disappointed went in with expectations. And those expectations sure. were not met. And I think that hurts their opinion of the movie, which is fair. Okay, I'm I'm going to go uh with I'm going with what the the movie gave me cuz I didn't Okay. I, I didn't know I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I got some of what I expected. I I I won't say I didn't have any expectations at all. Okay. But what I want to what I want to, uh, your honor, I will prove today. No, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what I, what I got out of this movie, or what it gave me, isn't. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Well, the, trying to stay spoiler free here for a sec. The other thing is, um, is that I think people went into it expecting this to be a comic book movie. And it, with the amount of times they mention comic books, yes. Okay. But it's in Unbreakable. In Unbreakable. But it's not a comic book movie. It's a character you, piece. It's a character piece. That's it, it's founded and it and it has um, its roots in comic book lore. And yes, it uses comic book 
uh, mythology and sort of tropes to sort of tell its story. But it's not a comic book movie. It's not a com- no. it's not a comic book movie in that in the MCU style. No, no. Okay, I, I'll give you stylistically, obviously, but when your main villain is a purveyor of comic books, right? I think that kind of, you know, uh, yeah. If I, I mean J- if Josie and the Pussycats wasn't a music movie, you'd be kind of wondering what's going on. You know, what I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. And okay, and and once we get into spoiler territory, I can better explain my point. But I, I think I know where you're going with that, like, because because it is a it is not a typical comic book movie, you know, and and that shouldn't be expected for Shyamalan. Like, that's not. Yeah, he tried. He, I think he tried to go mainstream with Last Airbender in terms of like I'm going to adapt this comic book type cartoon. Yeah, and you know. What we got, it didn't pan out. He didn't get the trilogy he wanted to tell there. Right. You know, so this is a return to his form, which is part of what makes, I think, the first two great. Because he's not telling it in a, it's not Captain America. Right. Or Iron Man. And that's fine. Like, it's it's different. It's told differently. I get it. Right. Um, so let's get into spoiler territory. Yeah. Um, so basically, when the movie starts off, we find out what everyone's been doing. Okay, we know Mr. Glass is in the in home for the criminally insane. Right, because, yeah, and he's been there, uh, to our understanding, basically since the end of Unbreakable. Right, and he's been put under sedation because he's too smart. He keeps outsmarting the albeit pretty dumb wards <laughs> in this building. Yeah, yeah. Um, in very extravagant ways, and he keeps trying to escape. Um, the Horde, or Kevin... Um, has been going again, kidnapping young girls, trying to um, uh, repurify their impure bodies and minds, going on his and thing the, that he started in Split. Yeah, and the, the theme for his punishment is they, they haven't known suffering. They're all very like beautiful women yes. who are impure and uh, you know get the best of everything, so they, 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 need, they deserve to suffer. Because others suffer. Right. That's what I took away. Yes. And that was even the thing in Split. We find out yeah, also exactly. that David Dunn, Bruce Willis, along with his son, who is actually brought back from, as the the, 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 the actor from the from Unbreakable, yeah. now older, um, has been doing this vigilante uh, gimmick, sort of secret at night. Um, he's become the overseer or the tiptoe man. Depending on uh, where uh, you want yeah. to do it, and um, and this opening, I'm I am loving this stuff. Don't get me wrong; I don't hate this movie. Absolutely, yeah. Not. That's uh, yeah. Let let me be clear with that. I love that he is, you know, uh, he, him and his son run a security firm. Yes, and because you know, building on his expertise as a security guard with, uh, you know, when he worked at the football stadium, you know, prior in in, in Unbreakable, right? Yes. So him and, and he's running it with his son. I love that the son is the sidekick. They're doing yes. away with yeah. There's a superhero trope about the hero hiding everything from his family. I love that he is his son is in on it. He was he found out in Unbreakable and that hasn't stopped. And he's brought the son in to help him. He's his guy in the chair. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, the guy. You know. The kid that knows the computers. He knows all the tech. He's the. Uh, you know. I love this to start. And uh, we have we find out that David Dunn has been looking for the Horde. He's been looking for this thing that he heard in the coffee shop back in Split. Yeah. 
Which now I, I didn't quite I don't quite remember what's the time jump between Split and this. It's not it's not long, isn't it? It's like three months or something like that. I don't think they make a a real. They make it seems rather like somewhat immediate. Like the beast gets out and then essentially goes back to what they're doing. Yeah, I would probably and, and... say it's probably educated guess. I'm probably six months, six months to a year. At most. At most, yeah. Well, we don't hear about a, a bunch of other crimes, though. We don't hear about, like, other girls being found dead. No, but we do hear a lot about the overseer and what he's been doing. Yeah, yeah, but he's had 17 years, so... Yeah. <laughs> or so. And he beats up um, he beats up some kids for... Um, oh, for creating a stupid YouTube video. Yeah, for, for mimicking Roman Reigns, which is, I think, a good punishment. <laughs> if you mimic Roman well, Reigns, you deserve to get beaten up, it's as far as I'm well, concerned. Well, this little um, jackass just randomly punches a dude in the street. It's like, that guy did nothing to you. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. And so for, to me, I mean, talk about your save the cat. Like the only thing that would have been better is if he'd actually intercepted the punch and then let the guy have it. But yeah. he made sure he he knew what it felt like to be punched in the face really hard. Yeah. Um, and then eventually uh, Bruce Willis does track down. He does find uh, the horde or Kevin. Through some pretty good detective work. Yep. I like the, the son is kind of, you know, like he's not passive. He, he's got the theory about where he might be. Yep. And they have a big showdown and they are essentially arrested. Yeah. Um, great fight scene, though. Great fight scene. Uh, I love the fight scenes in this movie. Uh, very real. Very visceral. Visceral. Very, very real. I, I, I you know, when you see, and yet when you see things like. being involved. When you see things like Avengers and the MCU and all the, and all the, you know, Aquaman and all these big fight scenes, um, I'm never really impressed. This one impressed me because this is what it would be like if these people thought they were superheroes and they had a fight. It's a lot of slamming into each other. It's a lot of pushing each other against a wall. It's a lot of choking, choking and heavy, heavy punches to the face, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I really enjoyed the fight scenes in this movie. Um, and then you go and you find out that they all get put into the same mental institution. Um, yeah, the the people that show up have this light mechanism that disables the beast and brings out another personality. Yes, and they play on David's fear of water uh, by having a whole bunch of uh, nozzles attached to a five thousand tank water uh, tank, a five thousand gallon water tank. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And um, yeah, and they uh, and they're sort of keeping him at bay, and they're keeping um, Glass sedated. And it's in walks Sarah Paulson, who is a psychiatrist who believes that these people who believe that they're superheroes is a mental disorder. And spends pretty much the whole second act trying to convince convincing. Them, yeah, yeah. Trying to convince them that they're not superheroes. And to be honest, there was a great scene right in the middle of it when that famous scene from the trailer where they're in the room together. All three of them. Yeah. And he, she does a great job. She does, yeah, and and you can see the turn. You can see, especially David Dunn, like his, you know, he's like, oh shit, she might be right. Maybe, yeah, something did happen to me on that train, and and I'm not who I think I am. Yeah, and and my my favorite, I mean, give it up for James McAvoy. Oh, Holy my God. shit! Holy cow! Does he he just keeps delivering in this series? He must have believed in this character so vehemently because he is spot on with. Everything his transitions from 
personality to personality are amazing. His physicality, yeah, you know, uh, is just spot on. And then how he has the breakdown, like some of his personalities start to rail against the others mm-hmm. because she's getting through to some of the personalities that maybe he's just crazy. Yeah, maybe he's just damaged, and he's not this savior beast thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. It's, it's really good, and the way that she explains, she goes, "Well, you know, he he the beast bent the bars. He's like those bars were old and brittle. Um, you know, our our guys went in and tested them, and they could do the same thing with the, with enough." She force. said she did it with yeah. She just said she did it with a wrench. And yeah, so it's, so it's not unreasonable that a strong man like yourself would be able to do it. She's like, "Well, he yeah. survived two two gun blasts to the chest." He's like, "Well, yeah, but those bullets were waterlogged and old and old, and you know, so." It probably wasn't thing, and then it would go to David, and they talk about a thing, and they explain away everything that they've done in the previous movies. Um, and uh, even had me going, okay, well, okay, maybe they're not superheroes. I I was starting to wonder if this is what Shyamalan was trying to put out there. Yeah, like he set up these characters, these you know larger than life. Not, I mean, not like in a Superman sense, but just like. A, I'm not even calling them superheroes, just extraordinary humans. Yeah. You know, I know that's kind of a half measure, but that's kind of the point, I think. Yeah. And we, we get a little monologue from Glass where he kind of explains that. Yes. Towards the end when he's trying to basically re reinvigorate the beast. Uh, he has the counter argument. Like, yes, everything we do can be explained away by science. That's not the point. The point is... You can do it. You are... Yeah. So it can. So what if it can be explained? Doesn't mean you can't do it. Yeah. You know, and and he basically hypes up both of these two. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And yeah, because he it, wants because there's a new tower being opened, and he wants a showdown between the beast and the overseer um, to basically reveal to the world that these superhumans exist. Yeah, in a very public forum. Right. So that more of them could be coming out or, or would come out. Um, or be found or whatever. Yeah. That's his ultimate goal. So he does that. He teams up with the beast, you know, the two bad guys versus the good guy. Mm-hmm. And then they have a showdown in the parking lot. They don't make it to the tower, but they have a showdown in the parking lot. Which I thought was a nice twist. Yeah, I liked it too. Um, great fight scene. And then you also learn through a reveal through David's son that Kevin's father was on the train that Bruce Willis survived. Yep. Which Mr. Glass caused to crash. Right. So not only is he responsible for the creation of David, but he's also responsible in a way for the creation of the Horde because that allowed his mother to be the sole uh, caregiver which allowed her to be more abusive, which led to the multiple personalities. Well, I, I don't say the multiple personalities. I, I don't think that's what we were to take away because one of the scenes that that I noted was uh, da- uh, Kevin's dad, Mr. Crumb, on the train, and he has a you know uh, a pamphlet about uh, DID. Uh, yes, that's the new that's the new version of multiple personality disorder. Yes, uh, dissociative identity disorder. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, that's from Split. Right. So thanks for reminding me. But he had a pamphlet about DID. Yes. So we know that Kevin already had the multiple personalities. 
Right. Prior but, to it, but really it was the beast that was one of them that was created because of the abuse. Right. But it, but it would have gone, uh, it would have been diagnosed and probably better treated. Yeah. He would have ended up in a facility like this. The beast <laughs> never would have shown up and, and right. like all of the, like those murders never would have happened. The cannibalism wouldn't have happened. Yes. Let's not forget that. The beast is a cannibal. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, and so the, the police come, or what we think the police come, mm-hmm. um, and eventually we find out that Sarah Paulson is not just a psychiatrist. She is, but she's working for a secret organization that's not named. Um, nope, there's just a symbol of a clover cloverleaf? Cloverleaf uh, on the wrist, uh, on tattoos. Um, who look to either convince these superhumans that they're not superhuman or they kill them because it's not fair to regular humans if these superhumans exist. It's the Lex Luthor problem. Yep, exactly. Um, and in the end, they kill David Dunn. They, Mr. Glass dies of injuries that he suffered at the hands of the Beast and they shoot the Beast. And they shoot Kevin. Yeah. She had three days to convince them that they weren't superhuman. Yeah, and then they were going to be put down. There was also this procedure that they that we didn't mention that they were going to that they tried to perform on glass that was supposed to cure. Yeah, I guess his mental. So I guess these the these I, I guess I guess the delusions happen in the frontal lobe according to this movie, and so they I guess they're going to take out the frontal lobe or. I, I think there there was a they said there was a cloud there, so there was something basically upsetting their judgment right my theory is that that because they all had that cloud yeah that was kind of uh the their version of the x gene yes. in x-men that the thing that enables them to do what they do right is this frontal lobe whatever it is and so they just mean to zap it out and mr glass of course being 10 steps ahead of the game yeah takes out the focusing laser so it did nothing yeah <laughs> I thought that was awesome, actually, that he had yeah. gone in the night before. Like, they showed that he can get out whenever he wanted. We don't know how. He just did. Yep. And so, um, with the three of them dead, Sarah Paulson thinks that she's won. Um, and she's moving on to the next city. The next city. Uh, until she basically overhears some comic book things, and then they realize that David's son, uh, Elijah's mother. Yeah. And uh, Anna Taylor Joy, who was the uh, victim that the Beast let go and split, the sole survivor, yeah, that the sole survivor, his girlfriend, as Hedgewick called him, uh, <laughs> they kissed once. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's no big deal. They all received a link to these videos that was uploaded to a private server. During the movie, Sarah Paulson had, in- had installed hundreds of cameras so that they could always watch where Mister Glass was in case he got out. So he'd never be able to escape. He used those cameras to tape the fight and all the things, all the superhuman things that they can do and releases it to the world, thus um, fulfilling, fulfilling his, his mission, fulfilling his mission in letting the world know that they're superheroes. And that's where it ends. So what was your uh, issue with it? Uh, the so the issue was the third act introduction of a whole new character, which is this secret organization. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just the uh, it, it seemed like it was just a way to wrap everything up. Well, secret organization comes in, kills them all. Have a nice day. I mean, 
Okay. As far as we're concerned, we're not getting any more movie. You're not. He's already said he's not making any more in this in this in this saga. No, exactly. So to introduce this whole new thing in the third act and then leave it seems okay. very discon. It's yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like if if Nick Fury didn't show up till after Thanos was done, instead of we we, we did it all along. But it's M Night Shyamalan. I, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> He's famous for doing this. I don't see why people have a problem with that. You're not the only one that I've heard that. Um, yeah, yeah. It just, no, okay, and and I'm saying, and I'm not saying. I'm, I'm trying not to say it within the context of a superhero movie. I'm trying to say, take any movie and intro, introduce an interesting character in the third act, and then let people know they're never going to hear from them again. I, I think could. I, I think it works against the movie. I'm trying to look at it as as a movie. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, it was them all along. Bye. You know, it's it's that weird. It's it's kind of a Deus Ex Machina for this entire trilogy. Like we we've been invested in these characters now for twenty years, the better part of twenty years. Okay, if if you will, yeah. You know, David Dunn and Mister Glass introduced in two thousand, and then split high acclaim. James McAvoy doing a bang up job, and in the third act. Don't worry about it. We got a clean up crew and have a good day and fuck off. But they're not done <laughs> though. That's the thing. The, it gets released. And the thing is, is that the organization, I mean, yes, the organization is kind of introduced, but it's really not because Sarah Paulson is part of that organization and she's there almost from the beginning. Yeah. It, it, right. But we, we were, of course, he like just holding all that information back from us, like not seeing the weird tattoo to even hint towards it. It it just it seems to be like this weird sidestep like don't worry we'll we'll let you think it's one thing. Right. Like the government's doing it, it's psychiatric care, it's specialized. But you're going to go to trial. Like they literally say if we don't fix them, you know, you know, we're going to do the procedure on Mr. Glass. We're going to send the beast to trial. So there's nothing there to even hint that there's anything other than regular, you know, kind of the government, right? But there is. So what what in the movie though is showing us the secret organization before the third act? There's there's little there's little bits of clues. Uh, a they have three days for a full psychiatric evaluation. Three days is a short amount of time. Absolutely, yep. But that could just be the wheels of justice. Okay, and and that and the, because, but, the, but, right? but that stood up with me. But okay, hang like, on, the, hang on. like the guy's a mass murderer. Yeah. So, okay. But David Dunn in in the meeting says, "So you won't shake my hand." And she never does, right? And we know that if she sh- if she shakes his hand, he's going to know all of her sins. So right. if she purposefully doesn't shake his hand, you know that then there's something sinister about her. Yes, right about her, about her, which is, is the that, organization. Yeah, the, well, okay, to make that jump though, what do you mean make no, that jump? She <laughs> so she won't shake a guy's hand. Ergo, evil organization. Well, ergo, there's something she's not hiding. So there's something she's not telling everybody. Ergo, the 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 secret organization. Okay, but th- this movie, like the way it's presented, it's all on her. She's she's the only thing. Like the the only thing that that, that points towards in my mind. Okay? okay, just to in my mind that all that says is that she doesn't believe her own hype. She doesn't believe what she's what she's saying. She won't touch David's hand. She believes he's super but is trying to convince him otherwise. They are. Did she you, is. Did you not get that? She they, No, no. The organization yeah. knows that they're super. Oh, hold on, hold on. 
At this point, there's no organization. There's her. She's doing it. It's her theory. It's her treatment. She's taking credit for everything. There's no we believe right. this and this. It's I have a theory. This is my working theory. I, I, I. Right? So then all of a sudden, I becomes we. And 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 they and they. I mean, to his credit, Shyamalan makes it interesting. This secret organizations are always kind of like, where do they come from? Stuff like that. This is what we do. But it's now the third act, and you're never getting us again. So, but but up until then, it's I I I. So there's nothing there to say that she's being that her theory is being. There's no we. Well, of course, there's no we because if they say, well, I'm part of a secret organization who keeps down the, the as who suppresses supers. You know, a a no one's going to let you near the psychos because they obviously <laughs> think they might think you're psycho, uh, and B you won't be able to convince them because you're basically telling them, yeah, I'm I'm here to convince you that you're not supers because you are and we're because you are and because you are and we're human and we're scared of that. Right. Okay. And, and yeah, I'm not saying full confession cards on the table with a badge that says secret organization. Right. But even uh, my colleagues and I believe. No, but why? But why? But why tip your hand? If you're right. if no, you're no, Sarah you're, Paulson, yeah. why? And you, you have a secret organization. Your job is to keep it secret. That's why it's a secret <laughs> organization. So now, I understand what the even, word secret means. Why I'm would you saying. even, especially when you have someone who is super super smart like Mister Glass? Why would you even give them a hint of that? It's. It's not the characters, it's the viewer. Because we know more than the characters do, right? We see them all. Sure. So there's never uh, external communications. There's no secret, you know, the secret meeting with somebody. Like, it, it's all very third act. Like, there's no, she's not getting a phone call midway through, says, my, my. you know what, just wait, I'm making progress, click. Okay. You know what I mean? She's, yeah, we're we're given to understand she's in complete control. And it's all on her, and it's she's acting alone. So then to swoop in and have twist the, the yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. I know. T- to me, this twist is the same thing as what, as the twist in Unbreakable, because all the way through you think that Elijah is a crazy person, and then he has this theory that blah 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 blah, and then in the final act, and at the very end of the movie, you find out he was the one that did the the. The the building fire. He was the one who caused the plane to crash. He was the one that caused the train to crash. Right. Yeah. It's the same twist. Essentially. Except picture no, but picture that. But he was working for an organization all along. Fine. <laughs> Better explain no. how he was able to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and I'm saying in in sixth sense, you know. You can go back then and see the main clues, the red, sure, the you know the fact that no one acknowledges Bruce Willis, other than the kid. You know, you can go back and see all the signs. This one, I'm saying, I don't see any signs until the third act. And so when I go back and watch it, I'm not going to see, oh, oh, she did that because of secret organization. She did. I mean, yes, you can overlay that, but it, it's it, it's not as it's not being. I guess that's not being done as well as his other twists. I don't know if I can if I can fairly say that. Do you see what I mean? Like it's not like I can go back and watch Sixth Sense when, and everyone did that. They went back and watched. Oh my god, that oh wow, it makes all sense. Like you so you see this and this and this, but it was stuff that we were shown already. We just didn't know what the twist was, so we didn't get it. Right. Okay. So- this stuff is. I'm saying it's not 
presented in that same fashion where we can go back and see everything. Let me throw this at you. If, okay. If there's no hints to the secret government or the, to the secret organization, how did they know when at the very first fight between Bruce Willis and James McAvoy, how did they know to bring the lights? How that, did they know right. where they were going to be? How did they know how to, and why didn't they just shoot them? That was, I put all on her. Now, that could be my fault. I will admit that because, one. I did. I, because I, I was cognizantly, like I thought about this. I walked to the theater. I walked all the way home. Yeah. And the whole time I was trying to think this through. <laughs> Probably trying to stay warm. And I had a brain freeze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because to me, that's the secret organization right there. You just don't know it. I'll give, Okay. I will give you that one. But I mean. I, uh, okay. But the, the, but the thing is, how would anyone know? Like you weren't supposed organization to know. Or, or individual. How, how did they find out about the beast? To begin with, how did anybody know to do that? Whether it's an organization or a single person. So, well, right? she's a psychiatrist, we, right? It's her job to do these. So maybe she's dealt with this before. Okay. Now it's back on her. Okay. But, but she's part of the organization. <laughs> sure. Which we're presented as it's the police. They have police on their things. And I get it. They're a secret organization. I know how secret organizations work. It's like, like. To me, it, I just to me, I just can't. Yeah, I'm just not as fulfilled with this one because I can't do the sixth sense thing and go back and be like, there they are, there they are, there they are, there they are. But 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 to me, you're getting angry because Professor Xavier is the leader of the X Men, and uh, and there's no I'm, cooperation I'm, between the two. I mean, yes, there is because no, there, there is. <laughs> no, I'm 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 saying I, I guess I'm angry because Professor Xavier is all we've seen in the movie, and then the X. Oh, it turns out there was X Men all along. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> uh, but but I want to know more about the X Men, and I know I'm never going to. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah. To his credit, I like this organization. I'm like, I want more. I absolutely want more. Maybe I'm pissed off because I'm not getting any more. Yeah, because all of a sudden they introduce these concepts that I want more of. Like for ex- the other one, for example, is the Sun. It's you know, if you go through comic books, you often get the son of so and so inherits their powers. Right. Or the daughter of so-and-so inherits their powers, right? Which they base a lot of their lore on comic books. So they even introduced in this movie the idea that comic books are modern-day myth. Yes. That, right? So they so for a non-comic book movie, it's almost a love letter to comic books. When was the first one written? And all this stuff. And, yeah. And uh, this is modern-day myth. So Mr. Glass is kind of on that side of things, where Sarah Paulson's on the other. Right. Which I do like that dichotomy, too. But they have the son. They tease. He looks at the men working out at the, the weight bench. Just like his dad used to lift, it's like, okay, did he inherit the powers? They put that in our minds. Like, yeah. they don't, there's no, yeah. So now all of a sudden we could have sequels where the son is the new overseer, um, with the, maybe the, 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 uh, uh, the horde's girlfriend. I forget her character name. Casey, Casey. That's it. Yeah. So, you know, could they start this revolution where, and they go and they find more, and then they fight this evil organization that wants to put him down. But don't you think that's a little much, though? I mean, okay. And here's my thing. Not, and, 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 he, not, and, and here's what I said: oh, that this okay. is not a superhero movie. This is a character yeah. piece. Unbreakable was not a superhero movie. It wasn't. There was no big showdown between uh, the good guy and the villain. Well, there was, but it was in a house, and he just choked the guy out. No, that wasn't the big Remember villain. The big villain is Mr. Glass. Oh, sorry. You know, you're right. Yeah, he just yeah he beats up. He beats up like uh, he just beats up a thug uh, uh, in yeah, the climax of the movie. It's I was kidnapping girls. Yeah, but but the thing is, is Unbreakable undoubtedly 
is a character study or a, a character movie. You don't care about the action. You care about the characters, right? Right. Okay. Split. Same thing. Now what? Okay. So what? In Unbreakable, what? What is it about the character that we're caring about? You're given the idea. You're given the idea that he might be stronger than the average person, and obviously he has these powers. He can see the sins. Um, but then it's the, it's the Spider-Man two. But well, I'll get to that. Um, <laughs> it's you care as whether or not he has these powers and whether or not he's going to do anything about it. And you care about the relationship between he and his son, which is why the the scene with the son pulling the gun on him is so tense. You know, I'm going to shoot you. You're going to be okay. He's like, okay, yes, fine. But I'm going to, but then you shoot me and then I'm going to go and I'm going to leave forever. You know, like that's a powerful scene in that movie. Absolutely. Yeah. And, but it, but it, it is powerful because of the, uh, of the, of the characters that are being portrayed. You care about whether or not he and his wife reconcile. Cause there's the whole thing about how their marriage is not going great and he might be moving to Philadelphia and blah, blah, blah. Which he eventually does. Um, and then in the end, I mean, you care about Elijah Price because you see him as a child and you see him uh, breaking bones. and You see him fall when he falls down the stairs chasing after the guy with the with the knife. That was heart wrenching. I felt. Yeah, because you care about the character, because at that point, yeah. Elijah Price is still technically a good guy. And then yeah, right, just, right up until he's just the enabling end. David. Yeah. yeah. And then you just go right up until the end until. You get the big reveal that, yes, because he's a comic book um, apologist, he thinks comic books are art, he's now deluded himself into finding someone that's the opposite of him, who is the hero, and he is now the villain. Yeah. And the same thing in Split. You have this... Uh, Split is basically about one character, and that's the Horde. And all yeah. these little characters going in and out. And you care... And, and, and how did Kevin get this way? Right. And but you care about all these different things in the story about how they got there, and you care about the beast because they keep talking about the beast, and all this is coming up, and the girls are there, and then, and then finally, you know, you you see the beast, and he they let he lets her go because she suffered, so she doesn't have to suffer. And that's really the big twist, though. That's okay, but that's fine. It's still about the character. It's still about the characters. And Glass is the same way. It's about the characters. It's not about the superhero premise. It's not about the big fight at the tower. It's not about the big fight at the end. It's about the characters. It's about the characters believing they're superhuman because they have this arc where she convinces them or almost convinces them they're not and Glass has to bring them back for that break right. to convince them that they are. Right. And it's the, and that's where the Spider-Man 2 analogy comes in. It's Peter Parker loses his powers and has to be convinced that he's Spider-Man again and then he goes on and fights the big battle in the end. The only difference is Peter Parker loses in this one. He dies. It's the real world. Yeah, they in, all in the die. real world. That's... Yeah, in the real world. You know, Spider Man doesn't have a Deus Ex Machina that saves his ass at the end of the movie. the 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 villain doesn't monologue for ten minutes, allowing him to web zip a piece of concrete and smash him on the head. That's the difference between this. This is not a superhero movie. A superhero movie would have the big thing and the big going thing and the deus ex machina of the of the MacGuffin that comes in at the end that saves everybody and, you know, hold on, kid, with Han Solo coming back in or whatever. Yeah. That would be a superhero movie. This is not a superhero movie. This is a movie about characters that think they're superhuman because of a guy who read too many comic books. 
So yes, there's elements of superhero movies oh, in big there. time. <laughs> and that's by design, but it's not a superhero movie. It's a character. It's a character movie. Which, right, and so you have your characters go through their arcs, and they yeah. all get killed off. Yeah, because in life, sometimes it's not fair. <laughs> but he still accomplishes his goal because the secondary characters send it off. Finish the job. They yeah. finish it off. You know, it's kind of like The Matrix. It's kind of like how The Matrix ended. You know, I know you're out there. We will meet one day. It'll be your choice and whether or not you want to leave The Matrix. It's the same thing. Look at the end of the third Matrix. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to say, because, no, the end of the Matrix, Neo gets to live. Yeah. Well, so okay. it's not it's not Morpheus being like, well, there was a one. We're hoping there's another one. Yeah. And we hope you're out there. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the one, like, at the end of the third Matrix, Neo dies, but the story goes on. We don't ever see it, but the story does go on. And I think that's, I mean... M. Night has that, always and, been and, about right. using your imagination, and he's left the end of this trilogy to your imagination. I, I guess so, and and maybe this is to his credit. Maybe this is mission accomplished, fait accompli. Yeah, he did what he set out to do, which was leave you wanting more. And I and I did. I, I like that's the thing. I'm not hating on this movie. I'm just like I'm uh, I'm disappointed that I got just a piece of steak, and I don't get any more. Yeah, ever. It's that I one slice that. of pizza. I, I really yeah. can. Yeah. But absolutely, because I, no I got well, I got invested in these characters and they got killed off. We got introduced to new characters that we're never going to see again, and to, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. Like that's yeah. you know that he he he. No, you know what? I'm not sorry. He provoked an emotion from me, whether he wanted to or not. Mm -hmm. This was it, and I love him and I hate him for it. So. Okay. <laughs> I should, yeah. Sorry, I don't hate, obviously, but you know what I mean? It's like, oh, man, if that's what you're going for, you did a great job. I do overall like this. I'm not saying I hate it. I just was like, oh, maybe he did too good a job. Okay. Because I, I want this world now with this this idea, because like, even toward near the end, he's still world building. He's still, he's laying down rules in like the late second act when he's doing that revolution, you know, the, the revolution speech, as you might call it. Where he's whipping up the troops, telling them, yes, there will be rules, there will be limits, and everything can be explained by science, but you can still do it. There, you know, the ordinary can be extraordinary. I was born deficient, but that means just means that there are other people that are born more than. Right. And they, they shouldn't hide who they are. So we get the start of the we get the origin story, but that's it. Just like he said, he said this is an isn't, story. I don't think he he calls it. Well, an he calls story. it an origin story. He literally yeah. says that. Yeah, he says this isn't because uh, they keep referring it to an annual, and an annual is just a closed story. It's one issue larger than normal, but it has beginning, middle, end, and that's it. it. Usually, never affects any ongoing stories for that comic book character. Right. So that's what they keep comparing it to. But he said, no, this is an origin story, and I, and I get it. It's an origin story for the rest of the world. Is the idea because sure. it goes worldwide, right? That's the idea. Yeah, it starts. It starts in Philly and and you know can go wherever. So now that he's built this world, we're never going to see it again. And to me, that's ah. Oh. Hmm. I understand. That's too bad. But at the same time, the Temanite Shyamalan. So I kind of expected that. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. That, that doesn't mean you got to like it. You know. Sure. I mean, like, like you did such a great job building this cool world. Like, it's not Men in Tights. You know, yeah. and not the, I mean, obviously well, I like that stuff too, but you know, I, I like this kind of even more grounded kind of 
sort of Nolan-esque where he tried to ground it a little bit. It, you know, there's no flying people and superpowers. It's just people being either really good or really bad. But anyway, and this he takes this to the next level. And, and I liked the direction it was going in. And just now that this is where the door closes, like, oh. Yeah, see, I, I guess, had no problem with that. So yeah, I, I, I mean, it's it's kind of like getting Iron Man, Cap, and Thor, and never getting Avengers or anything else ever again. They're like, no, no, we're we're done. We just want to introduce those characters, and oh no, we kill them off at the end. But of But is that movie, so bad? But... Does everything have to be a huge multi twenty year fucking same universe thing? When it's this good, it's it would be nice if it was. I, I mean, okay, I, but hey, I, I I can't foot the bill for all of it. I'm just saying. <laughs> You do you do a great job in building a world. It would be nice to hang out with a little bit longer. It's like maybe can we just you know push back from the table after you know well two, and, two and courses, of course you know what I mean. Okay, but but you want to go back to the restaurant if the food's sure, that good. But I mean, so I, I'm not saying every year like you know. Yeah, no, I understand. I got that. But... I got that with Star Wars, but I mean, uh, okay, 17 years from now, if he wants to revisit it, I, I'm I'm open. <laughs> All right, I'm open. All right. Give me the kid now at, at middle age, you know, the son, and he's the new overseer. I don't know. Or maybe he's just catch, getting people and uh, whatever. And and maybe that's the point. Maybe he's like, you know what? I can't follow this. I don't know where I'd want to go and anywhere I would go might be too cheesy. Maybe he's thinking that. I don't know. That's what I was but, thinking. But you, you got me. You got my money and you did a great job. Don't get me wrong, M. Knight. Okay. Because I know he's listening. Obviously, that'd be a twist, eh? <laughs> yeah. Now live in studio. You know, he's been listening the whole time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so this movie uh, budgeted, this is uh, Bloomhouse. Um, so Bloomhouse yes. gives uh, very, very uh, limited budgets, uh, $20 million. How did this happen? Um, and um, overall, he won uh, worldwide, it's grossed over $95 million. So it's obviously sorry, doing very, very well. Sorry, what was the starting budget on that? $20 million. That's 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 a lot for Bloomhouse, right? Bloomhouse, whatever. That's a lot for Bloomhouse, but it, it's not a lot for M Night Shyamalan, considering Last Airbender. I think there were other production companies though, so it wasn't just Blumhouse. So Blumhouse probably kicked in some, no, and then the other companies. I think it was just Blumhouse, actually. I thought I saw a slash there in the oh, uh, the old production credits, but whatever. Maybe. Um, um, yeah, they got the now. Interesting that that Blumhouse is, and I want to actually pick your brain about this because I didn't note that at the beginning. Uh, what do you think of this merging? The this merging of you know I, I know like a film studio that's put out a few movies that you like that we both liked. Yes. Um, merging with someone who's kind of a classic in terms of uh, um, his own unique style and almost his own genre of movie. I uh, like it. What do you think of that that pairing? I like it because Bloomhouse will give him a minimum budget. Which, if you look at his movies, when he has a minimum budget, that's when his movies are the best. Look at They're Six Sense. Pieces, Look at Unbreakable. Yeah. Um, very limited budgets, very limited yeah. things to do. So he's forced to do more character pieces instead of giant CGI fests like Avatar or, um, After, Earth. or After Earth. So less money means better. Especially to a degree. To, to, a, degree. to a degree. But I mean, but less money means better in thrillers, horror, um, suspense movies. You know, in that kind of genre, less means more. And, but I, I, and I'm, okay, I'm, I'm all I, for agreed. It. I think I think Bloomhouse puts him on a leash that he needs to be, yeah, so that he doesn't go too crazy and make Avatar. Well, I, I, and I like, but I like the power that he can bring in terms of he's got Bruce Willis back, he got Sam Jackson back. Yeah. You know what I mean? He got James McAvoy 
for Split. You know what I mean? Like like his name alone is well, maybe not his name, but his scripts, obviously, yeah. like his work is garnering that kind of attention. So I think this helps. It's like a good symbiotic relationship. Yeah, because he can, you know, because we don't need to have like fresh out of acting school. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just saying, like every once in a while, you could have uh, another big star kind of in a Blumhouse movie. Yeah, if I they agree. were, you know, they loosen up the belt just a tad, but not too crazy. Yeah, but this you gives know. Blumhouse more money to play with and to make other movies, like Happy Death Day too. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, seventy-five million dollar profit. That's yeah. I'm all for it. That, that's going to sweeten the pot. Yeah. We are running out of time, Mark. So, what's your final thoughts and ratings for Glass? Okay. Despite all my railing, it really just meant I wanted more of this, which means well done. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if I could just summarize that. Um, so, I, I mean, I had a great time. This was a this was a great conclusion to it. It's not what I expected, but it was it was good. Don't get me wrong. I, like I said, it just means I wanted more about the secret organization and whatever. I was hoping they'd showed up earlier so I can get more of them. But that that aside, that's me. Um, so I am giving it a solid like eight and a half personalities out of ten. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I I really enjoyed this. Um, is it the best movie of the three? Unbreakable, Split, or Glass? No. Um, but it does fit into the world, um, and it is something that I think it's worth owning. Uh, and I will own later on. I'm very sure of it. Um, James McAvoy. Oh, yeah, the whole trilogy, absolutely. James McAvoy gives a powerhouse performance in this movie that I'm sure will go overlooked again by the Academy, even though it's yeah. shit. Um, absolutely not. Yeah. Samuel Jackson is great, even when he's sedated just doing the facial tics. I thought that was a great thing to do. Oh, he sold it to me. Because it, it, he was sedated, but it showed that he was still thinking and processing. And even yeah. Bruce Willis, who, although his character is just... Bruce Willis, yeah, he actually does a really good job. And when he's being told that he's not special, you can see the pain that that causes him because he needs this in his life because now his wife is gone. There's nothing else to live for. Um, so and like this is this is him. This is what he lives for. This is the only thing that's driving him forward. And she's telling him no, it's not real. And then he gets hurt by that, and so mm-hmm. everything else. So yeah, for me, um. And Sarah Paulson is great. Um, oh, absolutely. The kid is great. Always. The girl who was not that great in Split, obviously a lot better now. The The mother, the same mother, Elijah's mother, played by the same woman from Unbreakable, does a great job. Um, yeah. 18 years later, here she is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for me, this gets uh, nine Deus Ex Machina water puddles out of ten. <laughs> um so coming up we don't know what lego movie february the 8th okay is that the next one the the second part yeah that's the only thing i saw i took a quick peek at uh, coming soon.net so okay uh stay tuned i'm working on our or is it of the marine starring john cena oh boy and you can check out rubber was just released uh that was a good one go home go home um (laughs) so mark thanks very much for coming out Always a pleasure. And I'm Derek, guys. We'll see you on the next Film Studies coming soon.